Hey guys, this is Matt, or you might know me by my Instagram handle, Broken Artist, and welcome to our last episode of the Broken Podcast for season one. And today we have our, finally we have our guest, Faceless underscore Trooper. Welcome aboard, mate. Thank you for coming to our last episode. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, mate, so basically just to get straight in, I wanted to ask you, so what, what got you into toy photography or photography in general uh so toy photography uh kind of stemmed out of my initial interest in um photography as a sort of like miscellaneous thing so i used to take uh, landscape photos and like nature photos a bunch of different uh, miscellaneous things back when i was in eighth grade because i had a um, photography elective class in my school so I took that class and I started taking photos of just like things that I thought were interesting. And then, um, I did photography on and off, um, for about eight years. And then I started getting into toy photography after seeing some stuff from Avanoff. And then those got me interested in, cause I already have a pretty extensive uh, collection of Legos. So then I started trying out, um, toy photography with uh, Lego subjects, but then I got into more, like I did more research into toy photography as like a, a niche. Uh, and then I found Sergeant Bananas and Johnny um, and his work and how he was using 12th scale figures to um, take photos. And then I started getting into collecting those Star Wars action figures. Because um, I already had a plethora of like Star Wars Lego sets, so then I kind of evolved into uh, collecting action figures from Lego sets. So now I have a ridiculous number of action figures in like six scale and twelve scale. Mm. Like so, obviously your Instagram page is mainly Star Wars. So when did you get into Star Wars? Like as you as you a kid or a couple yeah. of years ago? Yeah, I think um, I had seen some of the movies when I was like really young, like seven or eight years old. Um, but then uh, I remember the f one of the first Lego sets I had was the really old A-Wing fighter. And that kind of got me started on Star Wars. And then I collected, um, what was, was it, the... Uh, uh battle pack along with the clone trooper battle pack those are some of the first lego sets that i collected um like around the age of eight or nine um and then that kind of stemmed into an obsession with collecting legos because that as a kid legos are pretty affordable and that was like the thing that i would collect because i was really interested in like customizing my lego sets and building different things out of them mm. stuff like well, that's really cool. So with Legos, well, actually, just when, when with Star Wars. So, what was your favorite, out of all the movies? Which one was your most favorite? Like you would go back and watch again. Um, that's a tough one because they're all like I really enjoy Star Wars as like a franchise. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say my favorite one is probably Rogue One, just because of the grittiness of it. It's not as, um, I guess, 
uh, not really utopian, but it's less, uh, it's more real than mm. the other Star Wars films for like, cause it's more like a sort of trooper, like soldier story, as opposed to like this big hubbub with some family and a conflict between his son and his dad about um, Jedi and Sith and all that. Mm. It's more, I guess, uh, based in reality, I guess, if you could call it that. Yeah. It's just one of those films. It's It feels like a war film. And I really enjoy war films as uh, something to watch. And I get a lot of my inspiration from different war films like Dunkirk and uh, 1917. Mm. Well, 1917 was such a brilliant film. I remember going to see it. And it was just amazing. I think the one thing I've always been, I've always loved cinematography so the camera work was just amazing especially just those one takes they were just so amazing oh yeah like that was i've drawn several um of my photos from 1917 and even more from just listening to the soundtrack because a lot of my inspiration for taking photos comes from listening to movie soundtracks whether that be star wars or um 1917 or dunkirk because han zimmer as well has some really good soundtracks that are really inspirational oh definitely but do you play do you usually like play the music as like if you're like trying to brainstorm or do you like or is it kind of like you take the photo and then you kind of look through which music would apply best to it uh, it depends. Like I listen to it on a regular basis just because of school and it's, it's uh, something to listen to when I'm trying to focus because it doesn't have lyrics. Um, but when I'm trying to take photos, sometimes I'll come up with an idea while I'm listening to a song and I'll jot that down or try and shoot it while I have the idea. Because um, the way I, my creative process works anyway is that I've got a running list of ideas that I come up with, like if I'm in class or something and I just think about something. And then I also have ideas that I come up with right on the spot. So I'll take one of my figures out that I want to shoot and I'll work on a pose for him. And then sometimes that pose will stay in my room for a few weeks at sometimes like, cause right now I've got a pose for or set up anyway for three figures uh three of my stormtroopers and that's been sitting in my bedroom for a few weeks now because i've been waiting for the lighting outside to be the way i kind of picture it because i'm thinking like a bright sunset but i just haven't it's been cloudy like for the past cooperative mm. or it's been too windy because i live in wyoming so the wind's always blowing. So it's uh, really just waiting for the right moment. So while that is waiting, I'll work on different, like other figures that I've got. Like right now I'm working on Krennic because I haven't taken a photo of him yet with the death troopers. So that's like my next shot. And then it was cloudy today. So I'm hoping that um, either later today or tomorrow, I can take my hot toys snow trooper out and then do some stuff with um, flour as like fake snow because that's one of the things that 
uh, is nice about using practical effects is that you don't have to wait on the weather for stuff like that. And just practicing with different effects and stuff, um, regular snow doesn't work with figures just because of how, like, while it's still small, it's not small enough. You need something finer like flour for something like that. So it can be the middle of summer and it can be a cloudy day and I can shoot my snowtroopers then. Because initially, um, before this year, I didn't shoot anything um, really that wasn't in the right season. Like usually snowtroopers I would shoot during the winter and then I wouldn't shoot them again because I didn't start using um, flour uh, as a practical effect tool until this year, really. Mm. No, I, I feel I feel we are on that um, with the snowtroopers because I I've got a couple of black series snowtroopers. I've got about three or four of them, but it's kind of like I I hardly use them for like photo shoots because it just it never snows where I live, so it's obviously you have to like you like you say you have to use flour and such. There was um, I think in the perfect time for like when I do it. It's like in the morning time when like the grass is like frosted over because it's been so cold. So then I can, I have like a small window of where the sun's coming up and it kind of like brightens up the, all the frost on the grass and such. But yeah, it's kind of like snowtroopers are kind of fickle in the sense that you can, you have to be, you have to put them in a very specific environment. You can't like put them on the beach or anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why I started shooting indoors a lot too, because this winter, anyway, um, the weather just hasn't been good. It's always been like either too windy or the lighting's not right. So I've been practicing on using indoor lighting because I've got some ap aperture um, light uh, panels that I use now. So I've been practicing on using those to do different uh, setups. And for a while, I was using just as one setup where I'm using a set of storage crates and I was just using, I took all the storage crates out and used it as like a frame for like a drop ship or something like that. And then I set that up in my bathroom because my bathroom has really controlled lighting. It's, I can make it completely dark as opposed to my room, which has a bunch of windows in it. Um, and then I basically forced myself to use my light panels to try and create these different environments. Um, and that inspiration came from the Battlefront 2 gameplay trailer. Cause I saw that and then I was like, well, I can probably make something like this with my light panels. Cause then I use the light panels and then for colored lights, cause I don't have gels. Um, I use colored Tupperware lids and then I just layer four or five of them over my light panel and then just adjust them. I hold them all on like with my hands cause I don't have any like uh, clamps or anything. So then the lighting, that's another issue is that the lighting is different every time. So I have to set my camera on a timer, take one shot, see what was what the lighting was like. And then if I don't like it or if I want to try something else, then I got to start all over again because the lighting won't be this exact same every time. It's always a little different. Kind of helps with getting a shot that I like, I guess, because it's not consistent. So then I can get a whole bunch of different looks and I can sometimes I'll stumble across a lighting setup that I like so then I'll try and do that again um, but the result is always different mm. actually that's very interesting I wanted to actually is there a 
do you prefer shooting indoors or outdoors or is it kind of like you like doing both? Uh, it really, I'd say I probably enjoy shooting outdoors more and that's really how my account, uh, my toy photography account got started is shooting outdoors almost exclusively because I didn't have white panels at the time. That was an investment that I made hmm. um, last year. And then just shooting outside, I feel, is really nice because the sun is such a bright light. So then you don't have to worry about things like camera shake and all that. But also direct sun is something that's a little more difficult to work with. Because like while I did do a lot of indoor stuff when I first started, it was it could be classified as outdoor in the sense that I used the sliding door in my room and that window to get the sunlight in and then I would shoot my figures inside but using natural light and then that created like a studio setting in the sense that um, I would just use a drop so then it would be complete and then it would really highlight the figure because it was usually a stormtrooper so the white would contrast nicely with the black and then you have the really strong natural light to create a bunch of different shadows and stuff and then if I felt like the shadows were too much, then I'd use like just a piece of paper as a reflector to kind of bring those shadows back. And some of my favorite images have really come from that really basic setup of just a window and natural light and then a piece of paper. Mm. Well, definitely. I actually, it's like, that's some of the stuff I love about your work. I think there's just that, you know, because I'm just I'm going through your account as we speak because I'd like to go through it. But um, it's uh like the one specifically. It was of the like the, it was that portrait of the stormtrooper where it's kind of like the lights kind of dimming on him, and there's kind of like the two darkish kind of troopers on the side. I think, but um, it's like it's that simplicity, like you say. I think it's like it really creates a story there. Like it doesn't need to have big explosions or anything, you know, to you know tell a story. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I enjoy about um, stormtroopers in in like in general is that they don't have a, a face. So then I'm able to create a lot of different emotions. But it's also a challenge because they don't have a face. You don't have emotions um, from their facial expressions. It's all from how you pose them and how you light the figure. So if you want like a dramatic shot or something maybe a little more subtle and a lot of that comes down to lighting and i found that the lighting in my room is pretty ideal as far as natural light goes because it's very stark and then i can um, use a dark background to really highlight the figure itself although the one figure that that is a real challenge for is death troopers and for the longest time i didn't know how to really shoot them because their armor's so dark, so you have to really have a white background that reflects onto them, so that way they're not all black, and it, you lose all of the detail from their uh, armor and stuff. Mm. So I started using light panels and atmosphere aerosol to try and uh, come up with different lighting setups that would work better for the Death Troopers, because they're completely different to shooting regular stormtroopers because the light doesn't reflect off from the same way and the exposure and everything else for the camera is not the same because of that. Yeah. 
No, definitely. Like I feel, I, f- I like from understanding that because I have like these little like these are very like old Lego uh, black stormtroopers. They came from that battle pack. It was like a little drop ship. So you'd have like a, a a little dark stormtrooper, and I remember taking photos of those, and they're very hard. And like you say, it's just because the lack of detail, cause especially when you're taking it in like in a dark room. Like the way I kind of went around it was like you kind of just I try and light them from the back, so you create that like rim light around them, and kind of use a bit of side lighting. That's how kind of I've gotten over it. But um, actually, uh, it's very interesting just with your the way you do it. And it actually works pretty well. It works better than what I've been doing. Yeah, I, I've done a similar technique, actually. I'll place one of my light panels behind the Death Trooper and then use aerosol to kind of make that background lighter. So that way it kind of... You basically have to think about it uh, like inverting how you would shoot a stormtrooper because instead of a dark background, you would use a light background because of how the armor is different and shooting outside is actually, I think probably one of the more ideal ways to shoot a death trooper, because if you can get a cloudy day, then you have this big white, uh, actually that's overhead. And then that creates a lot of different reflections off the armor. So that way it's not so dark. And that really helps with uh, shooting them. Well, out of all your figures, um, I like a, a very most dominant on your page is Shore Troopers. So, like, what's your? Uh, is that just because that's a figure you specifically like to shoot the Shore Troopers, or is it because like is it just because of the aesthetic and detail of them? Um, I, it, I'd say it's a bit of both because the Shore Troopers I definitely like it because. Rogue One arguably had some of the best trooper designs. Like I even prefer the Rogue One stormtroopers over the like their helmets are slightly different than the original trilogy stormtroopers, and I prefer the Rogue One stormtroopers. Um, and Rogue One figures, as far as I've got, the short troopers are the only one six figures that are unique to Rogue One that I've got because. I've got regular stormtroopers from Rogue One, but they're in all the movies for uh, the Empire. So the only unique figures I've got from Rogue One are the shore troopers and death troopers. And death troopers typically are harder to photograph because of their limited posability. And the shore troopers don't quite have that same thing. And also, I think more recently, I've been shooting the shore troopers more because I've started transitioning to warm tones because of summer. Mm-hmm. And just um, the ideas that I'm getting, I think, tend to work better with warm tones because I've done a lot of um, different shots at like sunset. Like I posted recently one with my Jetta Patrol Trooper um, at sunset, and that turned out really well. And I think the warm tones work better with their armor so that like it's harder to shoot them in the winter and stuff. So I think I've been trying to shoot them more just because. I have so many figures that I go through like a rotation of figures that I haven't shot in a while. Like I haven't shot Denal in a while. I got some shots of him yesterday. And then I haven't shot my medics in a while either. I one twelve scale uh, custom medics that I had from uh, Dean who made them. 
Uh, and I haven't shot those in a while either. So I've been meaning to shoot some more black series too, probably because I haven't had those in the rotation in a while. But yeah, the short troopers, I got interested in shooting more just uh, because I have them sitting right next to my bed on my uh, like bedside table. And then the rest of my figures are usually in the closet and I'll take them out and rotate them mm. for when I'm shooting more often. But yeah, I think the short troopers are probably my favorite design. As far as a favorite figure goes, I, that's a really hard choice because I really like the medics for my 112 scale figures just because that's something that I kind of came up with and it's somewhat of an original design because you don't really have a medic stormtrooper, but you do have like clone medics and that's where the idea came from. But I just got Krennic and I've heard that people don't really like the figure as far as like some of the soft goods and all that. But I think he's probably one of the best figures that Hot Toys has made. Um, but I'm not, as far as like a really favorite figure, I think for one six scale, it'd probably be my scout trooper just because of how his armor isn't shiny. It's matte, unlike the rest of my stormtroopers except for my jump trooper. My jump trooper is the other one six figure that has matte armor. And I guess the shore troopers do as well. So I think the matte armor works better than the shiny armor of the other stormtroopers in certain situations. So I think I lean towards the matte armor just because the reflections on the shiny armor tend to, they don't look quite, quite right. And they lend, they kind of ruin the gritty feel that I usually try to have in my images because like even with the weathering that some of the hot toys uh stormtroopers have they still kind of shiny and one of the things that i've been planning on is getting one of my uh, broke one stormtroopers customized because he's already got a bit of paint missing because I bought him used mm -hmm. and then I'll have him customized with like a matte coat and then that way he looks a little more like gritty and stuff and then maybe add some weathering to him as well yeah those are like I really love um like as much like as much as I like I have a couple obviously when buying the like phase two or the phase two clone troopers or the stormtroopers I always I never when I go and take. I never really liked the the shiny aspect. I mean, like as obviously the, they have to be clean and such. But the figures like the Captain Rex figure or Commander Wolf or Commander Fox, I really like those figures specifically just because they have a bit of weathering done to them. Obviously, it's not like a you know custom like one of those really good custom weatherings, but you know, like you can see a bit of like dirt and stuff, and it makes it a little bit. More like you say, grittier when you're doing shots. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the gritty look, um, and that's why I enjoy shooting Denal as well because the old sideshow clone troopers all have matte armor as opposed to shiny armor, which I really um, I feel like works well with the way I'm I'm shooting them, and then like shiny stuff, I I think is okay, but the way that I, and the environments that I use and the stories that I kind of come up with aren't really conducive to that sort of 
like shiny new figure. Although I did shoot because I've got one of my Bandai tank troopers, and he's completely clean. And I shoot him. I shot him a couple times, and he's like completely unweathered and stuff. So it's pretty difficult for me anyway, just because it's not. It doesn't go along with my usual mindset when I'm trying to take photos to go and incorporate something that's pretty clean. Mm. Um, but yeah, I like the weathering better just because it gives them kind of more like a personal story, kind of how the, like the uh, clone troopers in clone wars mm. started customizing their armor once they transitioned like phase two armor and stuff. Mm. Oh, definitely. Like the way we've on with all the, those like shiny figures what i would usually do is because like well when i've taken them out to like a, like a dirty environment like kind of like with some of your shots with the mud troopers and and such like you know in dirty environments i kind of like what i'll do is i'll get a i'll just rub my hand on the ground like to get some of the dirt and then kind of just place it around the figure to try and get that dirty appeal to it um, I've had a couple of mates of mine who have said, oh, do, do you really want to do that? Like, it just makes the figure look like really, you know, unclean. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'm going for. And plus, I'm not selling these figures. So like, I can get them as a bit dirty as much as I want, you know? So like right now, like, I, would, I have a couple of like phase two clone troopers and they're all like, obviously, I get them a wee bit of a clean afterwards, but it's kind of like, I don't mind them being a wee bit dirty because like the next time I take them out, at least there's still bits of dirt on them. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Like I definitely do it too. Like I'll, with my black series, uh, stormtroopers, I just lather them up with black shoe polish every so often. Like when I feel like the weathering is, um, kind of wearing off of them and then it really I feel it also defines like the edges in their armor better because if you've ever taken shots of just a regular stormtrooper, a black series stormtrooper, it's kind of like, I guess flat is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, and then once you use the black shoe polish on them or like black weathering, then it really brings out the lines in the armor and stuff, especially for the rope one designs, like the, ATACT driver, like his helmet becomes way more, it pops more because it's got the black um, weathering around the edges of it. And I really like that, that look that, and it helps make the photo more um, vivid, I guess. Yeah, well, definitely. And that's like, you know, I don't encourage people to say, hey, grab your figure and like shove a bit of, you know, dirt or um, shoe polish on it. But I think it just makes the the shot more dramatic in the sense because um, I one photo I really I bought like it's one of my big favorites that um I made was uh, it was like Captain Rex and uh, Commander Wolf, like, you know, like Commander Wolf's injured and such. And he's like using the rivals of crutch. And I just remember like I took the photo like the first photo and I just really liked it, but I was like, it just doesn't look, you know, like it's been a battlefield or anything. It looks like they're just, you know, like obviously they, they look shiny and such and it's a wee bit. So like, I remember just grabbing a whole like handful of dirt and I literally just throw it <laughs> at the figures and then it literally like, 
I took the photo again and I'm like, oh my God, this looks so much better. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely started experimenting with practical effects um, not long after I started my account. And I, cause like black series figures are only $20 and they're made of pretty durable plastic. So, and I, and since I live in Wyoming, we can get fireworks for a dime a dozen. So I got these little bottle rockets and I would put them in the dirt next to the figures. And then it's a challenge because with bottle rockets, they're not all the same. They all have a different explosion. And then you also have to put them in the ground and they all go in differently. So then the way the dirt kicks up is different every time. So um, I think practical effects is definitely a useful way of making your images look more real. And then because of how black series are pretty cheap in a relative sense, as far as figures go, um, it definitely is something that's very doable. Like, um, the only figure that I have in one sixth scale that I shoot with is a snow trooper that I don't think I've posted any photos yet just because I haven't liked the look of them. Um, but I used him because he's got a loose knee joint and a crack on the top of his helmet. So I figured if there's any of my one six figures that I wanted to do practical effects with, that's the one to do it with. So I would, so I took him out and then used the trench that I had used previously for my Black Series Mud Trooper shot, and then I put him there and basically threw flour on him. And flour is one of those easier things because you can usually just blow it off with um, like a rocket blower because I've got one of those. Uh, it's a Giotto's rocket blower, and it's meant to clean like dust out of the inside of a camera. But I use it for just getting the flour off because you can just use a towel or something and it'll come most of it'll come off without you having to get the figure wet because if you get flour wet then it becomes a big mess um, but that's the one one six figure that i like using practical effects with just because the figure isn't worth as much because of its damage and then i don't really plan on selling most of my one six figures in the near future anyway so i figure it's a good sort of investment to get him dirty because um, I wanted to try practical effects with my one six figures, but obviously you don't want to get just any one six figure dirty. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I like, there's like, I think there, I'm not sure if it's like you, but there's always like that one figure where you try and not like, you know, put too much hassle on it. Like in the terms of like, you know, trying to really, try and get a good pose which like you know kind of like it should it shouldn't really like you know hen how do you say it like when you're trying to pose a specific figure that you like you have to be a little bit careful with them because you don't want to like you know snap a knee joint off and such or like throw too much dust at them because you kind of think oh they already kind of they look really nice anyway i don't want to put too much hassle on them Right. Yeah. I definitely feel that. That's how I feel with my death troopers is like, they're really hard to pose, but sometimes you, and you don't want to be too rough with them because even though they're uncooperative, you don't want to just like break something on them. Cause then it's not usually something that's easily fixable. So, um, yeah, I definitely relate to that. Mm. 
like for instance, um, with the Captain Rex figure, like he's one of my he's he's one more he's one of my more expensive figures that I've bought because New Zealand they charge you a bomb. But um, on his I put a bit too much pressure on his um, you know how like some figures you know where they have like dual blasters and such like there's one hand is able to hold it but the other one can't can kind of hold the other blaster but um i tried i was trying to put a put the blaster on the other hand and a finger snapped off unfortunately no so yeah like he's basically got four fingers but i kind of cover that up in photoshop so i make it look like he's got extra he's got like five fingers but yeah i was a bit i was a bit miffed with that but it's kind of like whatever i people don't really notice it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely can relate to that. Like some of my figures, um, I don't, I don't think I've got any serious damage, but usually just like some cosmetic stuff, like some of my stormtroopers are kind of like missing paint on the side of their helmets or something. And that's pretty easy to fix in Photoshop. And then like other things, like just in general, joints can be hidden relatively easily with certain poses and all that stuff. And then you just kind of figure out what poses work for each sort of figure and stuff like that. Because certain figures prefer or they shoot better with static poses as opposed to more of a dynamic look. Mm. And then certain figures you just can't pose in dynamic ways. Like the Death Troopers are really uncooperative in that respect just because of how unflexible their undersuits make them so then to get dynamic poses you really have to play with your camera angles and then the angles of the figure itself so then that's a lot of just experimenting because like sometimes i want to make them look like they're running but i can't get them to actually get that pose so i'll have them like kind of at a weird angle and I'm, I'll lean him against different objects. So that way it looks like he's running, but he's really just tilted at a wonky angle and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I think I do what I do the same as you in the sense that, um, I'll kind of like right now I've kind of, I've got a, um, a, uh, I've like right now just doing a wee bit of posing. Like I've kind of kept this pose for a couple of days now where I'm just kind of like thinking, how am I going to photograph this? And it's like, commander fox kind of like beating the shit out of captain rex so it's kind of like you have to play especially with commander fox like his posing is it's very much like you know he can't lift his um arms all the way up because the shoulder the shoulder pads hinder the movement so it's kind of like you know you've got to figure out how you're going to do this and like you say it's very much you have to use camera angles and searching you know a good composition but yeah it's just it's sometimes it's a bit of a hassle because you're just thinking could you have just you know manufactured could they have just manufactured it where he can lift up his shoulders and such but it's whatever <laughs> yeah yeah but, um going into something different here but i, I want to ask you so take us through on how you know you've taken a so you've just finished a, fo a photo shoot with your toy figures. Tell us what goes through your mind when you're going through your editing. Uh, so my editing uh, depends on what I'm shooting. Because if I'm doing like a black and white shot, like in the trenches that I did, I had like a really uh, long 
I guess a couple weeks, two or three weeks where I was shooting almost exclusively this one setup. So those photos had were a little different, but usually once I get my photos, um, my editing process is a bit complicated just because of how I use VSCO for some of my filters, but I've been trying to use Lightroom more exclusively just because um, I, it avoids a lot of the compression issues that JPEGs have to edit in Lightroom and RAW, whereas VSCO requires JPEG files, and I don't really have an easy way to send raw files to VSCO, even though, like, because VSCO can process a raw file, but it, uh, it's not really easy for me to get it off my camera and into VSCO because I don't have any Wi-Fi capabilities on my camera because I've got a Rebel T5i, so there's no way, easy way to get the photos off my camera and upload it to VSCO without having to throw it in as a JPEG. Um, so once I get my photos off my camera, uh, a lot of the edits I feel are relatively simplistic. It's not something that I put a lot of work into, unless of course it's something like trying to OCD out every single dust piece on the death troopers armor mm. or something like that. Cause that can happen sometimes when I'm shooting those guys. Um, but most of my edits typically fall under a pretty similar formula. I'll adjust the exposure if need be, but usually I shoot pretty in the middle. If you're talking about, I shoot, I try to expose for the middle. Um, for higher contrast shots, I try to shoot that way. My highlights are just a bit back from being completely overexposed. And then it's usually easier to bring up shadows. And that's another thing about shooting in raw is that if you, um, just from personal experience, trying to edit shadows in JPEG files versus raw files, it's completely different. Like it's way easier to bring up underexposed parts in a raw file than a JPEG file, just because the raw files have so much more uh, information stored in them. Hmm. And it makes editing a lot easier. And depending on what kind of shot I'm going for, it'll change the color palette that I'm using. So if I have like a sunset shot, usually I'll try and desaturate out any blue tones just because um, on my more recent shoot anyway, I had some of, I had some shadows in the figure and then those, when I edited the photo, those blue areas became more apparent. So then I just desaturate out the blue and then turn the temperature of the photo up quite a bit. So that way it gives that more like orange yellow hue. Although I try to lean more orange because I really don't like yellow photo, like yellow tones in my photos. So I prefer have a more like red orange sunset as opposed to yellow. Um, and other than that, though, it's like I'll play around with uh, the dehaze or clarity tools, but not usually too much because um, it's easy to go overboard with those and then completely ruin your photo. But at the same time, it can work well for certain things. Like if you're doing black and whites, uh, dehaze can work really well and clarity can work well to increase the contrast between the dark and light areas in it. Um, 
but I wouldn't say my editing process is really too extensive. I don't use Photoshop for any effects. Um, I've used one app before to add like um, snow effects and posts, but now I try to use um, flower if I can, just because adding effects uh, without knowing a whole lot about them can really, it really doesn't work well with my photos. Like I've tried to do stuff in post and I just don't have the Photoshop skills mm. for stuff like that. There's definitely toy photographers that have, that are way more skilled in that area um, than I am. And I think I prefer to have uh, the look that I've been going for is like more practical as opposed to using Photoshop. I prefer that over all these like edited things and posts, but that's just like my photos, of course, because I really enjoy seeing all these photos that are, are edited using Photoshop. And then you add all these like explosions and these different lighting effects to the photos as well. Cause I just haven't uh, gotten to that point where I'm like comfortable using those in my photos. So my editing process is pretty simplistic. Yeah. Well, it's like, and that's not a bad thing. I think it just like it really depends on how much time you want to spend on it. Because I mean, there's there's plenty of like you know, toy photographers or photographers in general who don't really want to spend so much time in Photoshop or Lightroom. They kind of just want to do the the quick edit, you know, like obviously just do a, more so just use the adjustment layers and such, and not like you know, they don't want to really make it like so fancy looking because obviously you know I, I give credit to a lot of those guys who use photoshop and create like you know these different kinds of backgrounds and effects but you know like with you and me it's very much like you know we want to keep it simple we want to keep it real in the sense so yeah I'm, I'm with me when i use photoshop it's more like i'll just get rid of dust spots or obviously i'm getting rid of um like you can see the joints of the figures so you kind of like i kind of like just mask those out and obviously there's using more adjustment layers and um using gradient filters and such like custom gradient fillers i've made so yeah it's kind of we don't want to go too overboard with it you know yeah i usually like that's just my the um sort of goal of my uh, when I'm trying to take photos as I go for portraiture. So then by nature, that doesn't really entail a whole lot of editing and editing is not something I'm really like interested in doing for my photos. Like I prefer to just take photos, edit them. So that way they're exposed correctly and maybe uh, change the color gradient a little bit. But then I, I prefer to have most of my edits made in the sense of, like posing the figures and setting them up in different environments as opposed to editing them in Photoshop. Mm. As you go into um, just a different question here, if you're able to, could you name your top three? It doesn't have to be in any particular order, but like what are your three favorite toy photographers at this moment or, you know, like your all, 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 all time? Um... Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd say FOV models is good for, because I really like his storytelling. That's definitely one of the reasons why I got into trying to include 
short stories or like little snippets in my, I guess, vignettes, you would call them, in my captions. And that's really kind of what got me into toy photography is being able to tell these like little stories of my own from the Star Wars universe using the figures that I've got. Um, and then Imperial underscore 1211, I really like his content as well because of how he uses, again, really simplistic setups, like very little Photoshop editing, and it's all like practical effects and lighting and stuff. And um, I really like the aesthetic that his photos give off. And I feel like ours are pretty, like my the goal of my photos was pretty similar to his, where I'm trying to create these like real environments uh, for my figures. And then third one I'd say is probably, oh man, there's so many like good mm. photography accounts. Um, I'd probably say Avanaut just because whenever his stuff shows up in my feed, it's like, it's not the same as what I do. Like his editing uh, workflow and all that stuff is completely different to mine, but his photos are always inspiring for my content in different ways. Hmm. Well, definitely. So there's actually, um, we're coming up to, we're going to be coming up to 50 minutes soon. So I wanted to ask two two questions. Um, the first one, because I know you've done some Lego photos. I was just in interested to know that um, the Lego is going to be releasing a 501st Lego battle pack. Is that going to be something you're going to be interested in buying to use for photos? Um, I'm, I'm probably going to say no, just because I've got way too many Legos as it is, and I don't shoot them enough to justify a purchase like that. Also, like, I feel like it's, I don't want to collect figures from two different eras like too much because it's just not feasible for me like it's not financially responsible for me to start collecting in any sort of capacity just because then i'm going to start wanting to collect a whole bunch of them and then i can't do that and also collect stormtroopers as well so um i've already got the Utapau battle pack so i feel like that between that and the a uh, massive amount of Lego stormtroopers that I've already got. I'm pretty well set on Legos. Yeah. Like the last Lego set that I bought was the UCS Tie Fighter, I think, and that was just because I really wanted at least one collector set um, for my Lego collection. Hmm. And then now that I buy Hot Toys and stuff, I really just don't have the money to continue buying of legos because yeah. with all the mandalorian figures that um the one there's a couple uh hot toys that i want for in terms of clones like i want cody and i've got him on pre-order and then i want the airborne trooper if they ever make it um but i don't think right now i'm undecided on rex because i really like the clone wars but i'm not sure if he really would get a lot of use out of uh, if I bought them. Yeah, no, actually, I kind of because everyone was everyone was talking about um, like I think because 
Doesn't this does this version of Rex have um the orange helmet? Is this the? Yeah, it does. Yeah, the yeah it has the orange helmet, and you know, as much as that, like I I thought that design was cool. I'm not a big fan of like I don't know if it's me and says, but I'm not a big fan of like mixing like orange and blue. You know, like those kind of colors together, they don't sit well. Oh, with me. Yeah, I'm very much like you know, if you see a figure, right. if it's green. It's green, you know. Don't mix any of the colors in it, you know, unless it works well. Right? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but um, oh yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an, it's an all right figure. I, I don't personally collect hot toys because they're too damn expensive on my salary. But um, it wouldn't be the first one I would look into getting. But anyway, there's one question I want to ask before we, or before we finish up, and if you could give any bit of advice to anyone who's listening here um, to, you know, improve their toy photography game, what would it be? Um, there's a lot of really simple things that you can do to improve your photography. I think the most common mistake I see people make is shooting from the wrong camera angle it's like a lot of people i see shoot from above the figures which really makes the figures look like toys as opposed to trying to make the figures look more lifelike and i think a lot of it like one of the easiest corrections to make between that and sometimes i see people who uh including myself who don't have the focus point right and that's one of the annoying things is that having your focus or your plane of focus off on your photo is one of the most distracting things that uh, you can do or like one of the most distracting mistakes you can make but um, definitely having your camera angle that is at eye level of the figure or below that way the figure looks more like a person as opposed to an action figure. And of course, as with all photography rules, there's times to break that rule and also times to follow it. So um, a lot of rules that apply to general photography also apply to toy photography, I feel. And then toy photography itself, it's like um, a lot of people ask me, how do I improve my photos? And it's just, for me anyway, my photos are just created because I want to make them. Like I don't make them because I want likes on Instagram or a certain follower count. I want to create photos that I like and that I would want to like hang up in my room if I had the money to print all of the photos that I like. But um, I'd say that once you decide that you want to do toy photography because you enjoy it. And then because of just getting experience from practice, then you become a better toy photographer. Like looking back on all of my photos, just like looking through my feed, if you go from the uh, beginning of it to the end, to the more recent stuff, um, you can see how my photography style changes, how I incorporate different things and I'd say that's where a lot of growth in photography comes from is just over time and practicing to see what works for you and what 
but doesn't. And then just discovering new techniques to um, really define your style of photography. Because um, an important thing I think that uh, people worry about a lot is imposter syndrome. And there's definitely like, sometimes I have that same sort of thing where I'm worried that my photos look too much like someone else's. But at the same time, it's a lot of trying to figure out your style. And of course you draw inspiration from a lot of different photographers. So maybe your photos will look somewhat similar, but as you continue to practice, you continue to define your own sort of style of photography, like how I do a lot of portraiture stuff. Whereas someone like, uh, might prefer action shots or very dynamic poses or light lighting and setups and all that. Mm. Your photos to turn out. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, on how you like. Oh, you still there, mate? Oh yeah, I think you got cut off real quick. Yeah, sorry, that got caught up there. Sorry, sorry if anyone was listening to that, I didn't hear anything. Sorry, that just kind of got caught up. But um, but anyway, um, I just want to say thanks again for being on our last episode. I hope you had a good time just having a wee chat. And um, if anyone wants to go to Faceless, Faceless Trooper's Instagram page, please go to Faceless underscore Trooper. He has an amazing work and he's an amazing guy. So please go and check out his work. And um, in regards to what's going to happen next, I'll be doing a like a, a small update video on where I'm going to go next with this series. And um, yeah, I want to say thanks again. Thanks again, mate, for being on the show. And I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's all, good. all right. I'll see everyone in the next episode. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,